senior home in Germany. I'm a preach there. The worship guy only played three chords because he told me that's what the Holy Spirit gave him. Um, and I gave communion to these elderly people, and I thought, man, like some may really choke on this bread now. Or an elderly woman asked me if this has alcohol, and like she really wanted some of it. <laughs> so I think like this, just like worshiping a little longer is pretty pleasant. Um, but yeah, brother, thank you for your words. It really means a lot. Um, I love spending so much time with you. Same, I spent more time with you than I spend with my wife. Um, and <laughs> it's really fine, actually. I really don't mind that, weirdly enough. <laughs> but we live in North Richland Hills. We used to live in Dallas. And we now live in the place that is aggressively average. Um, but with the drive, I get to listen to a lot of different things. I get to listen to a lot of podcasts. But when I'm so tired that I really can't have anybody talk to me, I listen to music. And there's there's this one album Jordan showed me by Jason Upton, and it's called A Table Full of Strangers. And the songs are really good, but the best thing that gets me with that album is the title, A Table Full of Strangers. And that's really what I want to talk about, and it's not something that I've figured out. Um, I'm not here to lecture or anything or tell you how you should do it, but I'm just sharing my desire of having that in my life. And that is why Sarah invited all these people that I didn't know were going to come because my lovely wife just wanted to show me like what kind of community we've built in the matter of 12 months. And it's really a random mix of people that, of course, me being in Germany, I never knew I would meet. And just yesterday, no, Friday, we sat with four of our friends here, and we sat um, listening to live music, eating ice cream till late at night, and I was like, man... Like this, I never expected this to happen. And sitting around a table like that was just, it was just beautiful. I really missed that. And talking about missing that, I missed my friends and my family a lot in Germany. And we were able to travel back a couple of weeks ago. And we re-celebrated our wedding with my family, which, oh gosh, it was so beautiful. And the day after, we had a couple of really, really close friends over. And I didn't realize that we didn't have enough plates or space for the breakfast, which it was a German breakfast, so you eat like bread for two hours straight. <laughs> but we had to extend the table, and I was like, man, there's nothing more satisfying than having to extend the table. And for me, that's church, where family and friends, the broken, the vulnerable, the hungry, the blind, the homeless, where everybody sits at one table, not that that's how we celebrated a wedding, but like that is church for me. And you have to keep on extending the table. And the core table, that's the institution of the church, just gets so much wider and bigger. And there's just so much joy and emotions and thoughts are added to the table. And that's church for me. And that brings us to the topic of hospitality. And really, I wouldn't need to say a single word because I feel like we've just all witnessed what it means. So many people are thankful for this community, for prayer, for just being accepted the way that they are. Because, um, like, Sarah and I, we drive 40 minutes here every, every time. And, like, it's just we can't help ourselves because we feel so welcome. And the hos hospitality, in Greek, it means the love of the stranger. And that just really ties in for me with the title of the album, A Table Full of Strangers. 
Um, yeah, let me pray real quick. God, we thank you for being so worthy. Um, we thank you that we get to praise you every day. And we thank you that you highlight our Sunday mornings. God, we pray that you would melt melt the grief from our souls and that we just may, may come out of here a little lighter, a little more filled with joy, a little more thankful. God, I pray that we get to look at each other here in this community and that we can just see your face, that we get to truly realize that you are here, that we get to realize that you are with us in the mundane moments of life. Spirit, I pray that you stir in us a, a desire for hosting people in our life, God. Oh, I pray that you take the table in our homes and that you would sit people on these chairs that we have in our home that we didn't even expect that we could be with. And God, I pray that we realize that when we are with other people that we become something greater than ourselves. I pray that we realize that we become a part of our Christian history, a part of tradition that is so deeply needed in our modern, our postmodern times. Jesus, I pray that, that my words are filled with, your, with gratitude for being here. I pray that my words are filled with thankfulness. And I pray that my words can point towards you. I thank you for being here. In your name, Jesus Christ, amen. I remember the first time I shared something with a microphone. It was something along the lines that I didn't let myself arrive. I've just been here for like what, maybe four or five months um, in America, and it just, I felt this tension of an overly romanticized memory and an overly unrealistic expectation of the future. And I felt this tension of, like, reminding myself too much of the past that was over-romanticized and thinking too much of how life should be like. And I feel like a lot of people in our community may have that feeling, and it's a feeling that makes you feel stuck. Because you constantly think of like, oh, I want to have this, and this, like, I'm building my life so it can be like this. Because remember how it used to be. Like, that's something we always say, tell ourselves, and that's something that creates a feeling of placelessness. Um, I remember Jordan, he, he shared that word with me, actually. So what you're actually listening to is a mixture of words from my wife and from Jordan. In seminary, they don't teach you that. Like, they should skip something like hermeneutics and teach you how to listen to your wife and Jordan, probably. <laughs> but I had a friend that um, Jordan met a couple months ago, and that friend jumps from job to job and sometimes from time in unemployment. And Jordan chatted with him, and he came to me after and was like, man, your friend is placeless. And that word hit me so much, placeless. I feel like we often can feel like that. And everywhere we go when we meet people, especially in our times, man, we encounter people that are placeless. We've had a rough week with two pe hearing of two deaths from friends. Um, an 11-year-old girl who lost her mother. And people lose people that are their only safe place, especially right now. And I pray that that girl can just be surrounded of nurturing people from every single side. 
there's this Canadian Catholic, perfect guy to quote in America, um, called John Vanier. And he said, welcome is one of the signs that a community is alive. To invite others to live with us is a sign that we aren't afraid, that we have a treasure of truth and of peace to share. Being with the placeless requ requires fearlessness. Because we're going to look at incredible ugliness and brokenness. We very often look at despair. And Christian hospitality emphasizes the carrying of each other's burdens. And that requires fearlessness. There are two fundamental truths that we need to remind ourselves of. The truth that God is love and the truth that we are created in His image. In love, through love, for love, and to love. These are two fundamental truths that we can share every single time. And if we don't know that, there's this famous author, it's my, one of my favorite authors, called Peter Kraft. And he says, the greatest spirits are those who mourn for others. And we cannot mourn for others if we do not know these two fundamental truths. Isaiah 61 says, To grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Oh, how I pray that we are the people who bring the oil of gladness instead of mourning. You know the scripture where Jesus comes to resurrect Lazarus, one of the most preached about stories in the Bible probably. But there's this, there are two words in that scripture that I think we often avoid talking about. And... It's when Jesus hears about it. In Greek, there's this word that describes the blowing of the nostrils of a horse when he hears about Lazarus' death from Mary and Martha. And it expresses anger. That's, that's the Greek word that's used for when a horse goes to war and it blows its nostrils. Jesus has a righteous anger when there, he encounters brokenness. And it's okay for Christians to get angry and things that are wrong and that are not supposed to be the way they are. And an 11-year-old girl losing her mother is not right. And we have a place as Christians to encounter these people, and not to fix it, because we can't, but to just be with them. That's all we can do. If you want to be Christians, you must have some share in Christ's large-heartedness. By acting with responsibility and in freedom when the hour of danger comes. And by showing, a real, by showing a real sympathy that springs, not from fear, but from the liberating and redeeming love of Christ for all who suffer. Mere waiting and looking on is not Christian behavior. The Christian is called to sympathy and action, not in the first place by his own sufferings, but by the sufferings of his brethren, of those whose sake Christ suffered. Those are words by Bonhoeffer. When we talk about welcoming the places, we are talking about hospitality. And hospitality is a theme, a theme that goes through all of Scripture. The Garden of Eden, 
Abraham welcoming the three strangers that turn out to be angels. The New Testament, the church, what we experience just right now, being the Trinity, hosting each other, loving each other. It's in all of Scripture. And I cannot get my mind, I just can't get my mind of hosting people that are broken and that do not belong. You know, I was reading a couple of books on hospitality as you're supposed to. <laughs> and for myself, like it always talks about hosting a stranger. And I was like, what, who is a stranger in all post postmodern times? And for me, as I was reflecting, a stranger is a person whose story hasn't been heard. And that may touch on some aspects that may not always be true. Um, but in the books it said, a stranger is a person who is placeless. And when I read that, I was like, man, that, that is funny. Like that totally fits, totally fits into the thought process. And I'd love to read a scripture from Isaiah to you if we could throw that up here. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Inscribed on the very heart of God's grace is that we can be its recipient if we do not resist being made into its agents, what happens to us must be done by us. And that simply means recognizing people. Just like Abraham with the three, three angels coming to him, it just means recognizing that people are there. Throw them a smile. It means trans transcending your own comfort. It means to embrace with a tender heart. It means to be proximate, just like Lindsay reminded us last week. And we're talking about hospitality for strangers, but I quickly also want to focus on, on family, on your own family. Because, man, how many of us experience serious brokenness in this time? How many of our plans are just feeling like they're unreachable and they're almost looking down on us and laughing at us? Like, think of your family, look at your spouse, the foundations of your family, the foundations we just read about in Isaiah. Maybe you even have an ancient ruin in your family, a practice you used to do. 
um, a creative project that you deeply miss. A family dinner you haven't had in a while or a long walk that you used to do. Repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings, embracer of the placeless. Hospitality will begin a journey towards visibility and respect. Seeing and recognizing, isn't that what Christ used to do so perfectly? Christ so much was hospitable as he also was in desperate need of hospitality. And I think that for me describes family so sweetly. Like we're desperately needy, but we also should be excessively hospitable. And if we can do that in our own family, then man, we can really change our neighborhood. When we have time and when I feel like it, um, we have a book that I read out loud to Sarah. And the title of the book may not sound very exciting. It's called How to Destroy Western Civilization. (laughs) But it's actually a really good book. (laughs) And since we're talking about Christ, I want to share that part of the book that we read over. And, oh, man, it just got tears into my eyes. Um, He writes there and he describes Christ walking up to Calvary. And he imagines his mother Mary looking at her own son carrying the cross like normally a child embraces a teddy bear. And she has to look at her son embracing and hugging that cross, fully drained, beat up, walking up that hill like a child normally holds its teddy bear. And as he carries that cross, he looks at his mother Mary and he, and he says, See, mother, for I make all things new. Mother, I make all things new. I make all things new. The placeless man, Jesus Christ. In his entire life, he had two places where he really belonged. That's the manger and the cross. And both of these places bring newness. Belonging and newness always goes together. When we host people that do not belong and we give them a place where they do, we host newness. The manger where Christ came to restore our relationship with God, man, what better newness could we even talk about? The place where he went up to their cross, hugging that cross to belong and to finally say, it is finished. When we feel like we belong again, when the elderly lady down the street whose relatives live so many states away, when the girl who lost her mother, when the man living on the street can find a place to share a meal, when the stranger becomes a guest and the guest becomes a friend, when the hungering are fed and the broken are being restored and the old-aged foundations of a forgotten life are raised up again, when the valleys are exalted and when the glory of our God shall be revealed, then, my dear friends, we truly feast on a table full of strangers. Can we throw the scripture of Matthew up there? Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world.
for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Christ is the table where we invite people to. Not only is he the son of God who became placeless, not only is he the table where we eat, but Christ is the meal himself. He's the communion, the feast that binds all of us together, where we can host each other and give each other room to be, to share testimonies, to share goodness, to share pain, to share miracles, to share grief. He's the meal we eat. See, I make all things new. Christ made himself desperately needy and excessively welcoming. Should we not, should we not do the same thing? Needy while welcoming? Yes, because how else could we welcome if we do not realize that we need the stranger? I want to end it with a story from Mother Teresa. Who better to quote than for hospitality? And it goes like this. Mother Teresa found an old, very sick woman lying on the streets of Kolkata. And the woman was covered in open sores. She was in a lot of pain, and many of her wounds were infected. Mother Teresa took her in and started cleaning her up. The whole time, the woman was yelling at her and cursing at her. And she, until she cried out, and she asked Mother Teresa, Why are you doing this? People don't do things like this. Who taught you? And Mother Teresa simply replied, My God taught me. Now that made the woman calm down a little. So she asked, Who is this God? And Mother Teresa replied again, and very simply, You know my God. My God is called love. You know my God. My God is called love. And those are the tr two fundamental truths. My God is love. And he has made us to be the same thing. People with hopes and dreams just like us. We encounter souls. People who may feel stuck in between the romanticized past and the never arriving future. By our love, by how we serve our neighbors, by how we care for another, by how we embrace the weak and the vulnerable, by this we truly help people know the God of love. I'm almost done. <laughs> we meet this God through the stranger, and we need the stranger to meet God again. You know my God. My God is called love. Hallelujah. Amen.
I don't know if you realize just how profound what he just shared is. Um, he, he invited us to see Christ as the host, as the guest, and as the meal. And Benedict also invited us to see our love for others as not just something merely we give, but something we need to give to be reminded of who we are. And so I want us to come to the table and grab the elements um, and to come back to the seat with this, with this one thing in mind, that he is that he is the guest, he is the host, and he is the meal, and he always is abundant in all those things. You can come. Just like overwhelming gratitude, such incredible message, Benedict. I don't. I'm not just saying that. That was, that was so profound, so good. Um, you're so wise beyond your years. And um, and sincere. And I just it was just such a meal, worship, everything. I'm just like okay. In, in my world, growing up, we just had church. So um, yeah. I'm talking about um, and I'm going to take all that and then I'm going to give you some announcements right now because <laughs> it's like I don't really have a good way to transition it's like no there's no there's no good transition <laughs> just acknowledge it there are significant announcements though I want to tell you uh, just give you context for these announcements um, so glad the kids aren't yelling announcements at me right now. But um, the um, so as a church, we went through two three year period where um, we've always been very very communally oriented. That's sort of a DNA part of our church. Um, we we made a decision for a while to go even further into that, where we had house churches that met perpetually in place of our Sunday morning gathering, um, and the long journey that I don't have time to cover this morning, we adapted to that process. And um, and so we have different rhythms that happen throughout the year. Um, in, in the spring, we are in-house church discussing through Lent and through Easter and Pentecost, the story of Jesus. In the summer, we kind of have focused on more smaller discipleship to figure out not just Jesus' story, but how we fit in the story. In the fall, we've we've just kind of right now done these um, kind of different ways of engaging in community um, that also open up to the stranger. And so there's three things happening this fall that you're going to have the opportunity to sign up for this morning. This is where I go straight into the pragmatic part. And um, but I want to give you I want to give you these things so that you understand the different ways to engage with the community this fall. Um, one of the things that Benedict just preached the whole message and, and didn't, you know, I, he didn't mention this, but he, he actually is taking and developing an initiative called uh, Table for Strangers. Is that, is that what we're calling it? Table for Strangers? Table full of strangers? Table full of strangers? Okay, still singing it. There's table and there's strangers. Um, and the, the goal of this is... Um, can you just come really quick and share it? Like, I don't, you know, I'd rather you share it.
Um, yeah, so like when I talked about like the way I see church with the tables, like I see every family bringing their own table leaf, bringing it to church. And we listen to a lot of business like pitches and they always talk about decentralizing this and that. So we want to decentralize hospitality. Instead of like having one big thing on a Sunday where everybody comes to the church building, I would love if every family can take again the table leaf that we extend it and you bring it back home and you pair up with another Cleopath family and you host a evening in fall, whatever evening fits best for both families and you invite a bunch. You can either, don't tri trivialize inviting family or friends. You can either invite family or friends but also be intentional about inviting strangers or people that are experiencing brokenness and hardship. So this is not just a hangout. There's intentionality behind it. We do not want to give you certain rules or this you have to do in order for this evening to work. But like we would love to give you intentionality prompts of like try to be aware of how God is at work in your guests. Like intentionality that like helps you think through that evening and being intentional about it, how you can involve your kids. We'll probably have like a pumpkin carving competition where the, if you invite family that has other kids, your kids can just also start hosting others. So that's kind of the idea. We'll still figure out how you can, you either sign up or you send a text to Andrea or on our website and then you pair up with another ClearPath family and you host an awesome evening. So we have a sign up for both hosts and guest families. Uh, like if you're a host, it would be you'd be hosting it at your home. If you're a partner family, sorry, that's the term. Partner family, you could work with another family that wants to open their home to host strangers. And I think the beautiful thing about this is instead of us just merely having house church, it's like we're we're kind of prompting the entire community to enter into hospitality. And I think we we want to do a couple of these initiatives throughout the fall. And so I, my real hope is that every person would sign up for this in some capacity, just being honest. There's some things that I'm like, I hope 20% of the people come to that or whatever. My hope is that every person would sign up for this in some capacity, and it will also give you a chance to get to know somebody else well as, as well. So um, we have signed up for that. We have signed up for two more things. Chandra, the last number of years, has led um, a time of... Uh, yoga and prayer where people get to come together and get to discuss things around the Lord and also move their bodies a little bit and Chandra does a great job of inviting us to encounter the Holy Spirit and encounter his presence and to also get us into that space and so you can sign up for that that's going to be on Saturday morning starting the first week of October the last thing that we've made much mention of is that we are hosting what we're calling right now business incubator and I'm really excited. We actually have a number of people who aren't a part of the community who have signed up to be a part of this. And what we're doing is we're bringing our community and as well as, you know, some extended to some strangers around to be able to discuss and to work together what it looks like to have kingdom businesses that impact people's lives. And so all, all of those things. And then I guess the last thing, this is not a sign up for this morning, but we are also ho hosting refugee family this fall. So there are various ways that you can get involved with community. I would encourage you to, we're going to have the sign up prompt this morning. It's a Google form. It will be texted out to you. If you don't get, if you're not on the church text and you want to be a part of one of those, please come talk to Andrea 
I know that we can sometimes be lazy about signing up for stuff. It's really important that we get people to sign up. And so please look at that today. Um, and we love you guys. We'll have, we'll, we'll finish in prayer. Chris is going to lead us in the prayer of St. Francis. And so let's stand and pray this prayer. Please be diligent. Sign up today. It will be very, very helpful. Read this or pray this with me. <clears throat> Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is giving that we receive, it is in partnering that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.